Well, good morning and welcome to New Hope Hila Hawaii. When you came in, you're given the bulletin, and as you can see, we have a wonderful speaker this morning, Pastor Alex Pacheco. Well, he is our former senior pastor as well as our former district supervisor, and we have the privilege and blessing to have him come and share with us as we continue in our series, The Family. Let's welcome him up this morning, Pastor Alex Pacheco. Good morning. Boy, I don't know how many times I've climbed up those stairs. Still can do it. When we were driving up this morning and coming up into the driveway, I just, um, with tears in our eyes, both Bernie and I just said, so many um, good memories up here. And I said right away, you know, those um, those palm trees, I, I was, uh, it was on my watch that we um, put those palm trees there. And then when we um, <clears throat> brought in our office, that, that actually was Dr. Chalk's um, dentist's office. And we brought it up from downtown, cut it in half. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I was so lucky. In one of the rooms where he did the x-rays, there was lead in there. All for my fishing. Yeah. <laughs> and so I scored out of that one. But, I mean, there's so many good memories, not just buildings and trees, but memories about all of you. People that um, came to church, had problems, still have problems. But we got a God. We found God. We, we, we fall in love with him. And um, we know exactly that um, his word is something that we have to bring from here into here. But not just here, into here. And then not just here, but now into application of our lives. And we come to church on Sundays really for the instruction from God's word so that we can start applying it into our life. And you and I need to be very excited in what God says so that we can live a life that is what God says and our lives will be much better, much so much better. Um, Pastor Sheldon <clears throat> um, calls me dad, and I love it. Um, I see him and Heidi as our children, um, they call Burnham Mom. Um, if you didn't notice that on Easter Sunday, after they are done with you, they come to our house and they spend time with us for Easter Sunday, finding Easter eggs. They're like kids, those two guys. <laughs> <clears throat> but um, it was such a blessing for him to ask me to speak on this, the topic <clears throat> of family. And I can say this, um, Bernard and I, we're actually helping Pastor Scott Sharoma with um, his church down in Keau. And uh, you know what I do on Sundays? I set up chairs. Yeah. That's where I met Jesus, at Boys Club. Yeah, setting up chairs. And I just love um, getting back into sweating and doing all those kind of things for Jesus. And so we're doing that kind of stuff. Our children are all there. But I want you to know that I left two back. Pastor Sheldon and Heidi. And so we still have family here, and you're our family. So he asked me to speak about um, family because you're in this series. And um, I thought about, um, because there are so many forces out there that are changing the family scene today, there are a lot of voices that we hear that are saying even things like the family's not important anymore. The family's finished. Uh, it is a thing of the past. 
And I want to let you know that it is not so. The family is not finished. We know that the family is a very fragile thing and it needs strengthening. Um, and from what the scenes we've seen on television, I know a lot of you don't even know that the first scene was Leave It to Beaver. Um, I would ask if you know, raise your hand, but I'm not going to ask that <laughs> because it kind of shows how old you are. But listen to this. 50 years ago, if I had to preach on this message, I wouldn't have to tell you what I'm going to tell you today because everybody knew what a family was for. But today, there's a lot of people that do not know what the family is for. So what we're going to do is we're going to go into God's Word. If you have your outline with you, um, we're going to go to the very beginning of the Bible in Genesis, and we're going to find out some things about what God says a family is to be and what the family is for. In Genesis chapter 2, uh, verse 18, it says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. And then in verse 24, it says, That is why a man will leave his father and mother and will be united with his wife, and they will become one flesh. So here's the picture. The family was God's idea. God <clears throat> made Adam. He put him in a perfect environment. You got to think that uh, the Garden of Eden was a perfect place. I mean, he didn't even have to work. There was food for him. Everything was provided for him. Everything that he wanted. But God still said this. He said, it is not good for man to be alone. And that's true whether you're married or single. Listen carefully. People need people. When you are, uh, if you're married or not, you need some deep relationships and caring people in your life. Man was not made to be alone, so God created the family. And then he looked, and this is what he said. It is good. So, the title this morning, What is a Family For? Many people um, can today do not know what the family is for. And I can summarize the answer in two words. They think it's bed and breakfast. A tax break. It's a place for you to sleep and a place to have, for you to have breakfast. Every day, same old, same old. But God says there is so much more to his plan for the family. So what is a family for? On your outline. A family is to be a shelter in storms. A family is to be a shelter in storms. Because we all have storms in our life because life is tough. Things don't go always as we planned it to go. We need a place of protection, security, stability. Proverbs 14, 26 says, Reverence for God gives a man deep strength. His children have a place of refuge and security. Would you underline refuge and security? Because the question that I'm going to ask you right now is, do your children have a place of refuge and security? 
the Bible says that God created the family to be a shelter in storms. Now, I know there's all kinds of storms, but I'm going to talk about three of them. Um, you know, there are many uh, storms. Finances is one of them. Physical storms, emotional storms, uh, moral storms. But the three that I'm going to talk about today, the first is change. Change is a storm. We all go through changes in, of life. We have illnesses. We have deaths. We have graduations. We change jobs. We move. But there needs to be a place that no matter where the house is, that there is a family in it that I know that I can count on. When change comes, we need a place of shelter in storms. And, and listen to this. I know that um, a lot of you come and you ask us pastors to bless your home. And we go. We go and bless your home. But really, you know who we're blessing? What we're blessing? We're blessing you. Because you can have the house, but the house can be empty. The blessings are for you. And you need a house where people are that you can come to in times of storms. And it can be a shelter for you. Another um, storm in life is what we call failure. Failure is a storm. How many of you found out that you're not always a winner in life? You lose too. Yeah. You get turned down for work. Uh, maybe a promotion. You get an F in school. Anybody got Fs in school? I'm not proud, but <laughs> math. <laughs> you don't make the team, and your team is having a losing season. You go bankrupt. I mean, these are all failures, and there's storms in life. Things just don't go the way you plan it to go. Now listen, you can handle a lot of failure in life if you can come home to a place where there's hugs, where it's a shelter in a time of storm. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. Let, let's read this one together, okay? Ready, go. Two are better than one. If one of them falls down, the other can help him up. But if someone is alone and falls... It's just too bad because there's no one to help him. You know, family members are fans even when you are having a losing season. So it's a shelter in a storm. And then the third type of storm is rejection. Rejection is a storm. And this, this one is probably the most difficult storm of all to handle. We hate to be rejected. We hate to be criticized or put down. And some of the most difficult rejection that we had was growing up on the playground. When somebody said something to you that causes pain in your life. And the danger thing to it is it hurt. And if you didn't have anybody to go home to, to reinforce the positive in your life, that can... Um, become a long-lasting emotional wound in your life. And so we need a storm protector when people put us down. You know what I learned a long time ago is that um, <clears throat> when you play games, most of the games, the goal is to get home because when you get home, you're what? Safe. Yeah. 
Now let me say something very important. Homes were meant for safety. They are a shelter in storm. And it's safe to cry at home. That's what homes are for. They are shelters in the storm where you can let it all out and be counseled and be comforted and be cared for. Many of you remembered the pain when you was a teenager of breaking up. And you go through a period of rejection, you need a shelter in the storms. So what I want to do today is not only talk about what the Bible says about family. And I also, if you remember when I was here, I would always say this. Church does not start until you walk out the doors. So what I want to do is give you a response to what we talk about on each point. So that you can respond in this way and walk out these doors and apply it. Because it's never too late. It's never too late. You think your family is all messed up. Never too late. God can do all things. Everything is, in, is possible with God. And you and I need God. Amen? So what is our re- response to what we just said? Simply, we must demonstrate our love. Demonstrate my love. You got to love your family. Demonstrate it this week. When they're going through a tough time, and I like to share these, the, the three H's. Here, hug, and help. Here means to listen to their hurt. Hug means to give them a touch. Help, help them out. God meant for homes to be shelters in storm. And that's why divorce is so painful. The place of acceptance now becomes the place of rejection. And the shelter from the storm becomes now the center of the storm. God's ideal is that homes would be shelters in times of storm. Number two. A family is a learning center for life. It's a learning center for life. You know what I found out? Us parents, we think that we are the teachers all the time. But I also found out that you and I can learn from the children. Yeah. There's a lot to learn from the children. And so the family must be, we all learn together. Right? If you're not learning from them, you're missing a lot of learning. Sure, we learn the basic skills, how to walk, talk, eat, all of life's basic skills. We learn at home. But there's so much more to learn. In Psalms 144, verse 12, it says, May our sons in their youth be like plants that grow up strong. You know what the Bible is saying here? It's saying that the family is like a garden. It's a place to grow people. A garden to grow people in. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. Fathers, don't exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in training and instruction of the Lord. Underline training and instruction. Because that's what a family is to have. When you're training your children, you want to take them through three stages of life, which is parent control, 
self-control, and then God's control. Parent control, self-control, and then God's control. You see, God intends for our families to be learning centers for life. Luke chapter 2, verse 52. I just want to tell you what happened in the first service. Because Pastor Sheldon speaks from way back here, I used to speak way up here. I wrote on my outline, um, read off the screen the next scripture. But how can I do it from back here? And then first service, I looked up there, and there it was, up there. (laughs) So Luke chapter 2, verse 52. As soon as it comes up on the screen, I'm going to read it. Jesus. Everybody know Jesus? He loves all the little children of the world. Red or yellow, black and white. All are precious in his sight. Jesus loves you and me. He's the one that is the word. And the word brings life. And if you and I would get serious enough to follow what God's word says, take it out the doors, apply it in our families, in our lives. This Jesus still lives today. And he'll bless us. Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and with man. Wisdom is intellectual growth. Stature is physical growth. Favor with God is spiritual growth. And favor with man is social growth. All these need to be the goal for your family. That they grow in these four ways. Intellectually, spiritually, socially, and physically. And so we can learn a lot of things in our families. And there are three things that you will not leave home without. And the first is relationship. You learn to relate in your home. Good or bad, right or wrong, effective or ineffective, your happiness depends on your ability to relate to other people. And you get that at home. That's why it's so important that we learn good relationships at home. Amen? Relationships that are worth saving, we got to work on them. We got to talk out our problems. We have to forgive quickly. We need to model these things to our children as parents. You're helping your children determine how they're going to relate to others the rest of their life. That's why it's so important. Another is character. You're not going to leave home without, without character. Much of what you are, you are basically have picked it up from your parents. Like father, like son. Character is caught, not taught. So listen to me. You don't tell your children while you're trying to teach them honesty. You're saying you got to be honest. And then when the telephone rings, you say, hey, tell them I'm not home. (laughs) Yeah, they're watching you. And another is values. You got to think of all the things that we learn at home about work, 
about time, about money, about sex, about play, about God, about other people. We learn what is really important to us, and it's called values. Values come through loud and clear, unintentionally and intentionally. Isaiah 38 verse 19 says, One generation makes known your faithfulness to the next. In other words, your family is a relay of values. You're passing on the baton to your children, and then they pass it on to the next generation, and on and on. That's serious when you think about it. It's saying that I'm I'm not only influencing my children right now, but I'm influencing future generations. And we pass it on. What are you passing on to your children? You ever heard somebody say this? You might have said it. Well, I'm not going to impose my spiritual values on my children. They can make up their, their own mind. They, they can make up this, their decisions on their own. That's why I don't push them to come to church. You know what the foolishness of that is? It implies that God is an option. And he is not. If you're not teaching your family about God, you are making a major mistake that has internal implications. It's not a matter of letting them decide. The Bible says that if you are a parent, that is part of your job description, teaching values. Let's read this next one together. Deuteronomy 6, verses 6 and 7. Ready, go. These commandments... Impress them upon your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you wake up. Now, why don't we do this anymore? I'll tell you why. Because we don't walk with our children along the road anymore. We don't lie down. We don't get up. What we do is we watch television. And we have all these Now, I'm not saying these things are bad, because they are tools. We can use them. But anything that is too much is not good. I mean, water. Water is so refreshing. But too much water, you drown. Anything too much. Let me show you what I mean about television. If you're an average American, by the the time you have reached 18... You have amassed 18,000 hours of television. Yeah, The average child watches television about 1,000 hours a year. If you live to be 65, an average American, you will amass 9.5 years of television viewing. On the other hand, if you drag your children to Sunday school and they go to church once a week for 65 years... They will amass four months of Bible teaching. So where are the kids getting their values? Television or God's Word? What is very important is that we realize that children are picking up these things from us. So what is my response on this one? Evaluate my values. I need to ask myself, what am I unintentionally teaching to my children? 
What am I teaching them about money? What am I teaching them about sex? What am I teaching them about character and honesty? All the issues of life, hard work and its value. What am I teaching them about the importance of the family itself and the ability to relax? What am I unintentionally saying? Is it really what I want to teach them? Does it match? What do I want them to know? In preparing a shelter for the storm, first I demonstrate my love, and then I evaluate my values, and I say what's really important. Many years ago, my daughter just got out of college. I got two daughters, so you got to guess which one it is. And she came home, and when she came home, she brought her boyfriend with her. And I looked at him. First thing I, uh, a father does is judge the bugger. <laughs> judge him. Yeah. And he had blonde hair. Local boy, blonde hair, no go too good with me. <laughs> and so he's on my bad side already, and he tried to be nice to me and talk story with me and all that. And then he, he thought that, he, he walks in with a bag, thinking we'll move in. <laughs> and my family knows, all my kids know this. If you're not married, nobody's sleeping at my house not married, together. Nobody sleeping together at my house, separate rooms, whatever. Anyway, I told him, where do you think you're going, bro? <laughs> and he kind of got shocked. He looked at me and said, you come from Honolulu. This is not the way we work over here. <laughs> yeah. And thank the Lord that um, Tom and Marsha Krager, Pastor Marsha, yeah, they took him in for a whole year. A whole year before they got married. Then I went welcoming him in. But that time the blonde hair was gone. <laughs> yeah. A value, because the Bible says, if you're not married, you cannot do what married people do. Yeah, it's a value in our family. We don't value that, folks. <clears throat> All that kind of stuff is going to be happening. And the next generation are going to get it too. We got to start taking a stand on what's important, what God says. Amen? And it's never too late to start. Never too late. And number three is a family is a place to play. It's a place for fun. It's a place to party. It's a place of happiness. Everybody say happiness. You know what happiness means? Smile. Just smile. Yeah. It's a place to enjoy. Say enjoy. Yeah. And you know what enjoy means, right? Yeah. It's, 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 uh, um, that is a, that's missing in a lot of homes today. You know what? We do, a lot of us in our homes today, the, the, the dad, the, the father, thinks he's a drill sergeant. That was me. That was me. Yeah. And there's no fun in the, in the family anymore because of the way we treat our children. Ecclesiastes 9.9. Enjoy. Everybody say it again. Enjoy. One more time. I really want you to get this. So say it again. Enjoy life with your wife whom you love. Proverbs 5.19 says, be happy. Say happy. happy. 
Yeah. Be happy with your wife and find your joy with the woman that you have married. What this is saying is that we gotta have fun in our family. We gotta we gotta enjoy our family. You seen bumper stickers that say the family that prays together stays together, but I'm gonna tell you this the family that plays together stays together. You know how you're gonna find that out? When the kids go to college and leave, they'll come back. If they enjoy, they'll come back. So I said that it's never too late to start. So lighten up. It starts with you, the parents. Love your children. Have fun with them. You only have them for a season. Yes, correct them when they're wrong. But love them. Amen? Relax and enjoy them. So here's my question for this one. Do you have fun with your children? Do you enjoy them? Because if you don't, they're not going to come back. Kids want to be where the fun is. I want to be where the fun is. You know, I've always, when I was pastoring this church, you don't know what goes on in the back, but my words to them all the time, are you having fun? If you're not having fun, then don't be here. Yeah, you got to have fun. You got to enjoy. You got to remember what you're doing this for. Jesus. Yeah, he's the one. We're going when we get to heaven. I, if you don't like to party, I'm sorry. <laughs> Heaven's going to be a fun place to be and enjoy. So, what's my response today? I ought to celebrate. I ought to party with my family, with the family that God has given to me. The Bible says, <clears throat> "Your children, if you have them, are a gift." In Psalms one twenty-seven. Verses 3 and 5, it says, Children are a gift from God. They are His reward. Children are like like sharp arrows. Happy is the man whose quiver is full of them. You know, I like to look at it this way. My children are a gift to me. And you know what I would love to see them do? Whenever I get in trouble, that they would jump in and fight for me. Give the bagar licking. They're sharp arrows. I think that the family got to stay together. Amen? Yeah. I'm aware that they're only here for a season. And I want to make that last as long as can be. Not just keep them to me. But I want to be able to say when they leave, I know I've done everything I can. I did what God said to do. So I'm going to shift gears here. Just something real short I wanted to say. Something that I've learned. And that is, if you want joy and you want harmony in your life and in your family, then the best thing that you can do for your, your family is to help them learn to love the Lord. They got to love the Lord. He's the one that blesses. He's the one that guides He's the one that heals. He's the one that delivers. He's the one that sent his son to the cross because he loved you and I and your children so much that his son died on the cross for us so that our sins could be forgiven. He can forgive us. We got to learn to forgive one another. It's never too late. It's never too late. 
You know, now I have grandchildren. And you know what a joy is for me? Our, our grandson, Noah, who is 12 years old, just recently got baptized. And I'm going to tell you something. Listen to this. We pastors, we know when people come into the water, we know if you're sincere or you're not. We know if you're just getting baptized because somebody watching you. We know. We know when you're doing it because you love God and you're honestly going to try and make a difference in your life. And when Noah got in that water that day, I knew it was sincere. Now, the reason why I tell you this is that the next generation in our family is starting to love God with all their hearts. You know why I'm saying this? Is that when I die, and they die, we're going to be together in heaven. It's important. This earth is not all there is, folks. Eternity is what it is. So, it's not too late. Work hard. And watch what God will do through you. Amen? Amen. And then, um, because this message was kind of leaning towards... The family married people. I have a word for the sinners. Uh, for the sinners. <laughs> oh, Lord. Forgive me. For the singles. Can you erase that? <laughs> people that have never been married or are widowed or formerly married. Listen to this. Do not discount or ignore the relatives that you still have, brothers and sisters, mothers and fathers, whoever might be alive to this point of life, don't ignore that family. That's your family. And then realize that as a Christian, you are a part of a larger family, which Galatians chapter 6 verse 10 says it's the church. The church is supposed to be operating the same way, only on a larger basis, like the family. We are supposed to love one another and commit to each other. And so, if you're visiting and you're not committed to a church right now, a church family, I'm going to encourage you. Find a church family. It does not have to be this one. This is a good one. But any church that is preaching God's word, because you want to be in God's word. You want God in your life. But that's where you should be because what happens is it's a place where you can have fun. So I love to see all these things going on, these events going on, because you have a lot of fun in these events. It's a place where you can fellowship with one another. It's a launching pad for ministry, a place where you can get involved. You, that's the only time when you can say you really belong to the family because you're part of the family. You're involved. And so I encourage you, get into a large family. Now, all what I said today is not easy. Some of you might have gotten mad at me because I've talked about a family. And you're saying, my family is a mess. There's no way. Yes, there is. God's way. God can do all things. Nothing is impossible for God. And God wants to use you as his vessel. 
And you would be amazed what God can do through you. Amen? So let me pray for you this morning. I want to pray that, um, that God will. And he's done it before. And he's good at it. And he can change your life. He can change your family. And he can help you to accomplish great things. Father in heaven, this morning we are here because we're talking about family. We know, Lord, that the family has changed so much through the years. But your way is the correct way. And so we ask this morning that you would help us to get back to that. Teach us, Lord, as we read your word, as you speak to us, as you talk to us, to other people, that we would recognize, yep, that's God, that's his way. And we want to be people that would follow that way. Help our children to love you, that they would know you at a young and early age, so that the decisions that they make, Lord, would be godly decisions. We are grateful, Lord, for your blessings upon our lives. And we thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody say amen. Amen. Thanks so much for having us here this morning. God bless you all.